Welcome to Getting Intimate with CX, brought to you by Brandhook and distributed through the CMO magazine. Talk about being something as a brand, just really simple concept, and then don't deliver that for the customer. Obviously, you've set an expectation that you haven't met. And so being being honest with ourselves around the sorts of experiences we can deliver and then delivering on those is important. Hi, I'm Pip Stocks, and I'm your host for Getting Intimate with CX, an 11-part series about what makes a great customer experience and how brands in Australia are getting intimate to do that. My guest for this episode is Ed McManus, who's the CEO of Meridian Energy and PowerShop. Ed has worked in a a variety of industries, um, obviously energy, but pharma and tech as well. You can tell us a bit about that. How are you, Ed? Very well, thanks. Great to be here. Thank you very much for coming. You've had an interesting career. I've been very lucky to change industries several times and experience different things and different sorts of customers and different groups of people. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Do you think that's helped you with the job you've got today? Uh, Undoubtedly. Um, It's one thing that people increasingly talk about when it comes to leadership is not being the expert in the room. Mm. And the easiest way to not be the expert in the room is to move around a bit because mm. uh, you can't be the expert then. So it's a natural way to avoid that. So it has helped you. Yeah. When I worked in energy a million years ago, I went from fragrances and fashion to energy. Mm. So it was a complete opposite. Hard to draw parallels. Yeah. Mm. Although they wanted to build a brand, so it was kind of looking at the emotional side of building that brand. So, Mm, yeah. Anyway, I have some sympathy for regulation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So, you know, the deal is we're asking the same seven questions of everybody. Um, I'm actually starting to analyze all the information, really good feedback. So, um, we'll be doing some panels and I'll be blogging in the next couple of weeks about all the things we're learning. Um, So, the first question it's always a corker. When was the last time you had a great customer experience and which brand was it with? There are some really good examples, um, but the one that sticks in my mind is from several years ago. I'd been living in Australia for a few years at the time and unfortunately my mum passed away. She had been ill for quite a long time and I'd seen her several times uh, during that year that she had been ill. But um, unfortunately, one night at about 2 a.m. my brother called and said look mom's died you better come back so you know within 20 minutes I called Qantas and explained the situation to them and said you know I need to get on the next flight that you have uh, back to Europe back to Ireland and the entire experience in terms of the individual I dealt with on the phone that night um, as well as you know that getting to the airport the next day because they got my, got me on a flight the next day. So that evening on the phone, uh, turning up the airport next day, checking in. Um, so the staff at the check-in counter knew what had happened. Mm. Then in, in, in the Qantas club before boarding the flight, the staff up there knew what had happened, got on the flight, the staff on the plane knew. Um, and the entire experience, I and mean, obviously it was tough, but the, in that context, it was mm. a great customer experience mm. because... Uh, they obviously all knew the situation and, and um, uh, acted accordingly, um, um, which was just fabulous at a, at a tough time. And it's something that I always remember uh, being hugely impressed. Despite my mind being on different things, I remember thinking, wow, this is just mm. incredible how they've managed to do this. So that's that's the one that you know comes to mind immediately. 
I'm sorry about your mum. It's sad to have thank to travel you. that far no, thank you. when yeah. you're grieving. I suppose um, I think that brands really do show how amazing they are when um, they just deliver a great experience like that, in, especially mm. in a time of need. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a few things looking back on it. I mean, one, the technology system that allows all those individuals who are physically disconnected and disconnected in time from each other to know what was happening... That sounds easy, but mm. when you work in brands, you know that it's not necessarily technically that easy to deliver that experience, particularly in larger organizations who are probably dealing with multiple systems. Uh, and the other one is about people. I mean, you know, it's hard to train uh, individuals to act in a certain way. That, that sort of cultural aspect of mm. how uh, the individuals working for Qantas um you know spoke to me and things i mean there's no kind of um guidebook or rule book for staff that says in this situation do this because yeah you can't cover all the eventualities it's a cultural thing probably of who they hire and why yeah. they hire those individuals why they how those individuals who work in this organization are treated that perhaps allows them to deal with these amazing array of different situations they encounter in an yeah. empathetic way so there's a few different aspects that have got to come together to, to deliver that to a customer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talk about that uh, in one of our questions about culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think it's that... The next question is what makes a great customer experience. Did you feel like it was that level of personalization that cracked it? Um, or is there other uh, things that make a great customer experience? I think in, in, in many cases, just you know, moving on from that example, but just day-to-day life, we're, we're all busy... Lots of priorities. I mean, often for me, a great customer experience is just when it's easy to deal mm. with the brand. You know, if it's a bank and, you know, it's online or maybe you've got to go into a branch. I mean, I certainly feel the best when I walk away going, that was easy. Mm. I just wanted it to be quick, easy. Um, and I, I didn't necessarily want to be wowed by anything. Mm. Um, but I'm busy in my life and I've got lots of stuff happening, work, family, all the rest uh, and uh, I wanted uh, a quick experience. So I think that's key to it in, in many cases. The other thing is is living up to what you say. Mm. So if you um, talk about being something as a brand, just really simple concept, and then don't deliver that for the customer, um, obviously you've set an expectation that you haven't met. And so being honest with um, being honest with ourselves, within companies, around what it is we can actually deliver given the restrictions that we might face that could form, you know, uh, lots of different sorts of restrictions, I guess, be they financial or technical or regulatory, whatever. Um, Being honest with ourselves around the sorts of experiences we can deliver and then delivering on those is important. It's interesting because I had a, I booked accommodation for a family holiday recently through Mm -hmm. Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And um, when I arrived, like we were arriving late and I wasn't, I had asked, you know, the people who owned the place if I could actually get some food delivered and they said, no, that was not going to work. And when I turned up, there was not even salt and pepper. Mm. Like there was nothing there. And my feedback has been to this doesn't feel like an Airbnb experience mm. because in my mind, I would, you know, in lieu of a bouquet of flowers, I, I mean, a, you know, a lousy meal, knowing I was going to turn up late with two tired children would have been a really nice thing to do. And yep. so I think, you know, as brands grow, how do they keep that consistency and meet the expectation that they've already, they've set up in that be- in the beginning? I think that's a really hard 
Cause yeah, sure. And I don't that, think they're doing it. I don't think a no, lot of brands and, are able to and do that. And that's something at PowerShop we think about every day in mm. terms of how you keep. Um, there's a cultural aspect of when you know we started very very small. I mean, we would have done anything to get and keep a customer. Mm. And as we've grown to be a you know medium-ish size electricity retailer now, still small compared to many others out there. How do you keep that edge in terms of really wanting to acquire and keep a customer? And it's certainly a challenge as you grow. I think in many cases, um, it comes down to technology, actually, uh, Mm. and systems. Mm. And so I do think the majority of people come to work every day wanting to do the right thing and wanting to um, to, 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 to deliver customers a positive experience. And often it's systems um, and processes written around those maybe older or multiple systems that, that get in the way rather than anything else. Mm. So do you when so when you when you think about brands being able to crack a great customer experience on those that aren't, mm-hmm. you know, is technology the kind of core of that or is it a CEO is it you that drives a, a great customer experience is it the culture of the people you talked about hiring before yeah I mean what is what why can some brands uh, do it and others can't I'd say in the majority of cases the CEO is a little bit important but not that important speaking as one <laughs> um, the days of the hero CEO are gone and uh, you know totally inappropriate to act that way so I think obviously there's an aspect that's important in terms of setting direction maybe for the company and culture around actually saying customers are important and central to the business. But, I mean, acting on that's much harder. Um, so, so I think in that aspect, you know, leadership is important. But um, I do think in many cases um, it comes down to other things that make delivering on those promises hard. And, you know, there's an old military term, uh, called friction and friction is the process by which the simplest of things actually are hard and that's probably what gets in our way in, in businesses um, that are large complex high customer numbers multiple product streams perhaps across silos perhaps across cities uh, different buildings uh, different systems mm. and all these things conspire against people who have the best of intentions mm. uh, and lead to poorer outcomes yeah right okay um so how are you measuring your um customer intimacy um you know i know there's some things you do on the weekends with social media um but uh what about um what about a kind of company-wide metric i mean a lot of companies are telling us they're using nps customer satisfaction what are you what are you doing now listeners are going to worry what worry about what you meant by that social media thing we'll talk about that in a minute look we measure a lot of the things uh, that companies traditionally measure, like NPS um, and otherwise. Um, and those things are certainly useful and should be measured, but um, you know, for various different reasons, some of those measures have got to be taken with a grain of salt and you've got to be careful. And you've got to obviously make sure that you have direct conversations with um, customers. And as, as you know, because uh, we've done some work together and you joked about it, but social media is, is an important one for us. And, and we do share that responsibility around the company, particularly on weekends. And I do it myself on weekends. Which I can't talk. believe. It's amazing. No, it's, it's great. Um, You're a very I mean, rare CEO. Uh, Not many of them would do that. Well, look, I think it's, you know, it's an important thing to do because it, 
it does remove layers between um, you and the customer. And, and in my case, I'll spend a weekend in, you know, answering any queries that um, current customers have or, or maybe new customers have about the product and the service. And, um, you know, it's really important. It's, it's so easy to slip into corporate language. Mm. And we sort of have this thing of talk to the customer, you know, whether it's on, on social media or on the phone, just like as if they're, you know, a neighbor sitting in your living room yeah. and use that language. And don't use corporate words because, yeah. you know, we all do it and it's very easy to slip back into that but just have the a acronyms. normal yeah the acronyms have a normal conversation um you know don't say we're really really sorry that you know we have not lived up to your expectations just say you know sorry we messed up yeah and you know i'm gonna just do everything i can to, to help you out yeah, yeah. so yeah. exactly so use plain language um and, and that is important and, and you know my experience for what it's worth is when you try and do that customers open up more and tell you what they really think, which which sometimes can't be measured by some of the more traditional surveys. Those things are still useful, though. It's interesting because we, you know, through this series, we, we're talking to a lot of people who are saying very similar things on just, you know, deal with the customer directly. And, um, you know, if they're going to ask you a question on your or ask or query something uh, on social media or on or through the World Wide Web, then at least be able to respond to those things. You know, I had a crisis with Optus a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago, and... I, you know, I was tweeting them, angry tweeting, you know, my favorite thing. And um, I didn't get a response at all from them for four days. And mm. then on the fourth day, and, you know, by then it's too late, I, you know, managed to kind of cobble together a solution and got, you know, they wanted to, to they wanted me to pay for an engineer to come out and fix a problem that I believed was their problem, mm. which I refused to do. And it was only until I wanted to cancel that they then stepped up their process. And... Um, and then I got this kind of, you know, oh, sorry, on tweet, Twitter four days later, oh, I'm really sorry that you were inconvenienced. I'm like, oh, my God, I was yelling down the phone. You have no idea. Yeah, sure. And I look up, obviously, can't comment on, on that particular example. But, but in, um, you know, in some ways, if you think about the individual who wrote that tweet, I mean, they, they I'm sure, would have come to work that day going, I'm going to try and help people out if I can yeah and you know whoever got that initial query if it was the same person i mean i'm i'm pretty confident to say they didn't just sit there and ignore it yeah they probably went off to try and figure out what's going on and, mm. and then entered this morass of issues that you encounter and uh yeah. and it then somehow got lost that's very kind of you to think that Ed. I, wow. I think something very different <laughs> um so the last two questions. Yeah. Um, what new technology or trend are you most excited about for your brand's customer experience? Um, so we're a renewable energy generator as well as a retailer. And everyone, I'm sure, is reading on a daily basis about how the energy system that we have is transforming uh, to a future where we'll have a more energy coming from distributed, meaning local sources and, and more renewable energy um, and less over time from fossil fuels. So, so that's that's quite an exciting trend, if you like. And, and we've evolved PowerShop to be a digital platform to connect buyers and sellers of energy mm, in a peer-to-peer -peer fashion. Mm. So that's going pretty well. Um, and then, you know, I, I suppose more broadly, there are lots of new technologies that all of us read about every day like artificial intelligence and machine learning and mm -hmm. virtual reality and all these things and i think the trick for businesses to is to know when to jump on board yes and when these things will actually add value for customers i mean virtual reality has been 
the next big thing for 25 years mm. uh, and you know maybe now it's time has finally arrived but timing is everything um, so those are some of the things we're thinking about but uh, lots happening and it is exciting yeah I, I think I've said this to you before but I want a battery yes I want that I want that next to my solar panels and I want to be able to store energy in there and and if other people don't have enough energy I'd be happy to donate mine my yeah. over spill so yeah yeah I yeah. can't wait for all those things mm. All right, your lucky last question. If you had a magic wand, what would be the one thing that you'd change in your customer experience? Well, just interesting what you, you said a moment ago. Um, I'd be happy to, to donate my power if I had excess. I mean, that sort of goes to what I would magically change. I'd make the product cheaper. So um, in the end, what we're faced with in this industry is that um, energy has become more and more expensive over time, mm. particularly in the last 12 months. Uh, and that's putting, unfortunately, enormous financial pressure on households and businesses. And it's become more expensive for a whole range of reasons. Mm. But most recently, it's because of wholesale prices. Um, and so, um, you know, we, we do have many, many customers. And, and um, as everyone knows, um, you know, many, we have many customers who are, are unfortunately under severe financial pressure. And, and everyone knows that's a societal problem. So... Uh, that's the thing I'll change. The only positive is the high prices will encourage more investment in generation, um, mm. like the solar panels you were talking about, but also yeah. you know new wind and solar farms, and we're looking into that at the moment. So we're trying to do our part, and over the medium term, that should lead to um, prices coming down as you get more renewable supply into the market. So um, that that's sort of what I change. Not quite customer experience, but it but it is a yeah. big part of the customer experience in terms of the big bill that arrives. Mm. Um, and it's a huge societal problem at the moment. Do you think uh, things take so long, though, don't they? Mm. I mean, maybe that's just because I'm naturally impatient. But, um, yeah, I don't know how you get speed in these kind of changes. Yeah, oh, look, it's it's starting to happen quicker um, in, in energy. We won't go on about energy policy and bore people too much, but we've had yeah. some unstable energy policy uh, for a long time now, and, and that's why customers are suffering um but actually the speed at which in uh if you would if we were to get some policy certainty as an industry and even despite that we're seeing investment and and solar and wind farms can be built pretty quickly and it is happening so so the future's reasonably bright as all sorts of new technologies some of which you've mentioned start to come into energy platforms like PowerShop allow people to get information and choice where those things never existed before yeah. so um, there's a huge startup community working in energy now, so I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. It's just we need to get through this next short period um, and do everything we can to look after society's most vulnerable. Yeah, that's right, and that's a beautiful sentiment. I think energy definitely has changed from when I started in it. I mean, I was in deregulation in the UK, and yeah. mm. you know, brands were taking over the space and creating a, an experience that was supposed to be easy. Um, mm. You know, dealing with the big companies who were supplying the product and, you know, six-week changeovers and, you know, wrong names on letters and confusing language and, you know, do, I think confuse the market was the, the way that the market was set up. So yeah. it's great to see those things change as well. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Ed. Thank you. It's a um, pleasure. Thanks for coming along. Um, thanks for providing those insights. And we'll be back next week for Getting Intimate with CX. See ya. See ya.